cancer, young, uh, with four, five young children. And um, after his de her death, he wrote that in Faith I Follow. Um, so that kind of, when you know the story, kind of helps it even more. So because I'm short, this thing is right in the middle of my head. Can I move it, Chris? I watched the men movement, so I figured I could. <laughs> so, because, yeah. All right, so because I didn't see the order of service till this morning, I didn't realize I was right now. She told me at some point, but so that's why she had to stall and give you all a little bathroom time, because I needed to go breathe. All right. So, once again, I'm glad you're here. Hopefully you didn't eat too many snacks so that you fall asleep on me. Don't fall asleep on me. <laughs> I might have to stomp up and down and treat you like my junior church kids. <laughs> my junior church kids know that um, one of my number one rules is participate. And you can't really participate, but if you fall asleep, you're definitely not participating. So I need you to stay alert for me and be with me here. So... Um, why don't we pray? Lord, I thank you for each lady that is here this morning. Lord, I thank you for bringing them here safely. Lord, I just pray that you would um, take care of any distractions and put them aside. Lord, I pray that you would help their hearts and my heart to be tender and receptive to what you have for us now and in every session. Lord, I pray that my words would bring honor and glory to you. I pray that they would not be mine, but yours, that you would speak through me and help me to um, convey what you've been working on my heart since April about. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I told you earlier, all the topics are be, and be something. And so I want you to be thinking, so last night was be encouraged, Megan was be courageous, and now this morning is be strong. And it's not your typical be strong, I don't think. Um, so the Lord started preparing my heart for this topic last April. We were at a conference, Megan and Tim were there. We were at a conference in Oregon, and a couple of the messages that a couple of the preachers, not on theme, but the Lord had me hear them for me, were be strong in the Lord and be with him. And as soon as I heard them, the Lord just went boom, right into my heart, okay? And so I wrote them down in the bottom of my conference notebook, like the one you're using right now. And then I just said, Lord, is that what you want me to speak on? Because... I was going back and forth, vacillating between two different topics. And um, so I wrote it down, and I looked at it every so often and said, Lord, is that what you want me to speak on? So I've been thinking and praying and, and looking at verses, and I had my husband go to his um, computer program that does everything on, on the Bible and say, okay, how many times is be strong in the, in the Bible? And I did not write that down, so don't ask me. So, <laughs> so but if I ask you, what the phrase, what does the phrase be strong mean to you? And I just want you to think about that in your head. What does the phrase be strong mean to you? Um, do you think of yourself as strong? And I don't mean physically strong. 
okay? Because the older we get, we lose some of that, okay? <laughs> My husband goes, you're not as strong as you used to be. <laughs> so I'm not talking about physical strength. I'm talking emotional and spiritual strength. Do you think of yourself as strong? Because of the many experiences that the Lord has allowed in my life, and I'm going to just briefly say this one. Some of you have heard it. My mother was diagnosed with MS when I was nine months old, and I was her caregiver from the age of five to the age of 18 when she died. So because of that and other experiences in my life, I tend to think of myself as strong. I tend to think of myself as the old phrase, and this may date me, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just do what needs to be done. And I have a hard time with people that don't do that. I really have to pray for the Lord to give me compassion on that because I have a hard time with that because at five I had to do what had to be done. And so I tend to think of myself in this way. And those of a certain age will recognize Rosie the Riveter when the women had to go to work to man the plants during World War II is when she became famous. And for years, I tend to talk, talk, think of myself like that. We can get it done. You need to get it done. Somebody's got to do it, so I may as well. So, thank you. We don't want Rosie to distract us the rest of the service. <laughs> But I want to talk about what's wrong with that mentality and the right way to be strong. Number one, personal strength. When we are strong in ourselves, Rosie the Riveter's strength, two things will happen. And notice that I said will happen, not can happen. They will happen. Number one, we will wear ourselves out. We will have a breakdown physically, emotionally, etc. And as we know from medical stuff of flying, when we break down, our bodies are going to tell us a lot of things wrong with us today are because of the stress we carry and the I got to get it done, I got to do it. Number two thing that will ha- will happen is we will get filled with pride. Ask me how I know. Neither one of these is good because we don't want to break down physically. And what does God hate more than anything? Pride. We're going to look at 2 Chronicles 26, 5 to start off. My church family knows that I've been reading chronologically this year. I have never done that. That has just opened my eyes to scripture like nothing. Reading it in the order of which events happened is just mind-blowing. So when I got to 2 Chronicles 26 this year, which has been a few months ago now, but um, this is talking about King Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26. And he was 16 years old when he became king. But I want to look at verse 5 first. And if you didn't bring a Bible, the black books in the seats are Bibles. So you can pull those out if you need to or look on with somebody. Second Chronicles 26.5, talking about King Uzziah. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, and that's the prophet, who had understanding in the visions of God. 
note this phrase. And as long as he sought the Lord God, the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord. We can get too comfortable in our relationship with the Lord and his blessings on our lives. King Uzziah did. We'll look at that in a second. Well, we'll look at that now. In verses 15 and 16. King Uzziah in verse 15, and he made in Jerusalem engines, think about that, invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. That's talking about pride. He was marvelously helped till he was strong. Verse 16, but when he was strong... His heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. If you studied Old Testament scripture enough, it wasn't his job to burn the incense. That was the priest's job. And so he was marvelously helped till he was strong, till his pride got in the way. He had done great things, but his pride got in the way. Look what I've done! Look at this! Till he was strong. When we are strong, relying on ourselves, I got this! Pride can set in. So Uzziah began to depend on himself to get things done, and what does this do? His pride brought him down. We're not going to read it all, but he ended up dying with leprosy, because he chose to rely on himself instead of the Lord. It's not a good way to go down. He started well, but he didn't finish well. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like King Uzziah. I want to start well and end well. So, um, Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, which is a very famous passage in Scripture. The Apostle Paul is talking about himself here. Very famous portion of Scripture. Many of you could probably quote it. I won't attempt to quote it right now because my brain would probably go... So, Paul is talking about his thorn in the flesh. And we, and some people, if you're, if you're new to the faith and new to Scripture, you say, well, what is a thorn in the flesh? He had a physical condition that we don't know what it was. So that is what his thorn in the flesh. He had prayed and asked God to take it away from him. And he's talking about it in verses 9 and 10. And he said unto me, and very famous here, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul acknowledged his own personal weakness. I mean, he was, he knew, I mean, this man was amazing. Study the life of Paul, you'll be amazed at what he knew and what he did. And 
his background, his, his Jewish background, and, and everything that he did. But God gave him that thorn in the flesh for him to realize who's in control and who he needed, that he needed God. He recognized when he was weak, then he was strong. Theologian Warren Wearsby says, There is something worse than sickness, and that is sin. And the worst sin is pride. Let me read that again. Some of you are writing it down. There is something worse than sickness, and that is sin. And the worst sin is pride. In verse 9, strength and power are from the same Greek word and are referring to God's miraculous power. Not Paul's power, God's miraculous power. When we become like Paul and submit to being weak, we need to do that. We need to submit, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. We are actually strong, and that's when God's power can work through us. Remember King Uzziah? God's power is not going to work when we are prideful, and look what I did. And that may seem like an oxymoron, because it goes totally against what the world is teaching. Paul knew about that power because he trusted in the will of God and depended on him. Ladies, we have access to that same power that the Apostle Paul did. He's not super Christian that we will never be like. We have the same power available to us that the Apostle Paul did. So we talked about personal strength. Number two, let's talk about godly strength. How do we get godly strength? If you'll turn, if you have your Bibles, to Mark chapter 3. Normally I would have sticky tabs all over everywhere I'm turning. I didn't do that because I, would, I thought I was the next session. <laughs> so I have to turn there. I did mark the more difficult books. I think Mark I can handle. So Mark chapter 3. And Megan, this may be a little bit of review because this God just hit me upside the head with this at the lady at the conference in April. Mark chapter three. Jesus had just called his disciples, his twelve disciples, at the twelve at that time, and referring to him in verse thirteen, uh, verse fourteen, and he, referring to Jesus, ordained twelve, referring to the disciples that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. What was the first thing that Jesus wanted the disciples to do after he ordained them? That they should be with him. The Lord just hit me upside the head with that in April that they should be with him. 
He wanted the disciples to be with him, to spend time with him, to get to know him, to find out what his character was, who he was. He wanted them to be with him. He wanted to spend time with him, to learn about him, to grow in their relationship with him. Isn't that how it works with friends and husbands? How do we get to know them? By spending time with them, close time with them, intimate time with them, getting to know their heart. And that's what he wanted his disciples to do. That just totally blew me away. I knew it. Okay, Lord wants me to spend time with him, yeah. But that he wanted his disciples to be with him. That was the very first thing he wanted. He didn't say, okay, now I want you to go here and feed these people. And I want you to go over here and take care of this widow's needs. And I want you to go over here. No, he said, I want you to come here and be with me. Isn't that a beautiful truth? And that goes back, comes to every one of us. He wants to be with us. This idea goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Remember, God would spend time with Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the evening. That's what he's always wanted. Fellowship with us. The God of the universe, the creator, wants to fellowship with you and me. He wants us to be with him. He's not some God up there going, I'm going to send this and hurt them. No. He wants fellowship with us. He wants to spend time with his creation, with us. That is where our strength comes from. When we depend on our own strength, we're going to fail or get prideful. When we depend on his strength, great things can happen. It was this time with him that prepared the disciples to do all the great things that were to come. Without that time with him, they would not have been prepared. So what do I mean by being with him? Spend time daily with him in his word. This is crucial. And in prayer. Those are how he talks to us. We can't drive a car without fuel or if you've got an electric car plugging it in. (laughs) And you won't make it without spiritual fuel at all. You'll only make it for a little while and then you're going to crash and burn just like you will physically. But why do we need this godly strength? So the last one was under godly strength was how do we get the godly strength? And that was by being with him. And so why do we need godly strength? Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. And I'm just going to briefly touch on Ephesians 6. Um, It contains the famous passage on the armor of God and the importance of us putting it on. But it starts, we tend to um, look at the armor and I think sometimes leave out verse 10, which is where the Christian soldier's armor starts. In Ephesians 6.10, it says, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We can't put on the armor. We can't put on the breastplate. We can't put on the shoes. We can't put on all those things without being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He's telling the Christian here, the battle's fierce. In the battle fierce right now? We can't stand alone. 
We're not super Christian. We can't stand alone and say, I got this. We need him. Satan is real. And he is out to destroy every single one of you. I like to tell the kids in junior church, he's not out to play with you. He's not a kitty cat that we can pet. He's not saying, oh, I'm just going to make their life a little difficult. He wants to destroy and devour every Christian because you are his enemy. It's all-out war. We're at war with three things. And I hear this often, so I wanted to explain this briefly. So we're at war with three things. The world, which equals the system around us that is opposed to God. When we talk about the world, it is the system around us that is opposed to God. We're at war with the world. We're also at war with our flesh, which is our old nature that we inherited from Adam, and our old nature is totally opposed to God. We want to do what we want to do. I want to sleep in. I don't want to get up and read my Bible. I want to sleep in. I don't want to work out and take care of my body. I want to go to ice cream. That sounds good. Steve's is open. Right, ladies? (laughs) They go to Steve's every year. Once a year. That's okay. But we're at war with our flesh because our flesh doesn't want to do what we need to do. We want to stay in bed and curl up under the pillow because (gasps) things are scary out there. We are also at war with Satan. You know, we blame too many things on him. Yes, he is trying to destroy us, but a lot of the things that are happening are our flesh or the flesh of the people around us and the world around us because we're not part of this world. We're not supposed to be part of this world. We're supposed to be part of that world. Ephesians 6.10 again says, Finally, my brethren, be strong, operative phrase, in the Lord and in the power of his might. Power there equals might or strength. It's his power, not ours. It's not Rosie the Riveter's power. It's his power. So see, under that, how do I get his strength? A pastor's wife friend of mine, it's a funny thing, you pastor's wives in here, the Lord just gives us that sisterhood and ministry wives. Um, I'm part of a private Facebook group with a lot of pastor's wives. And a friend of mine, I do know her in person, not just from an online group, recently lost her husband to COVID pneumonia. Now, yes. They were in the hospital over 100 days. Fortunately, the hospital he was in is one of the pioneer hospitals in the country dealing with this, and she was allowed to be with him. How did she get through over 100 days in the hospital with him? By being with him, not him. How is she going to get through the days ahead He says, I told my husband as I was reading her, um, not her Facebook, Caring Bridge, how how she, she not only lost her husband and her best friend, she lost her pastor, she lost the father of her children, 
By losing her pastor husband, she lost her ministry. How is she going to get through the days ahead? By being with him. And you may be saying, but I can't see God. If you are spending time with him, being with him, he will give you the strength and grace to do what you need to do, what he has called you to do, not what you think you need to do. Because sometimes we put things on ourselves that we sh- we're not to be taking. So, we need to be with him. Jeremiah 9, 23-24. So write that scripture down. I'll read it to you quickly. Jeremiah 9, 23-24 says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. The only thing we have to glory in is that we have a relationship with the Creator God. It's not our wisdom, it's His. It's not our power and might, but His. First Chronicles 16.11 First Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord and His strength. And then it says, Seek His face continually. Continually. We had some hard things happen in the last two weeks. I I mentioned it, I think, last night or this morning. I don't know which time. (laughs) Um, Because ladies' conference was coming up, okay? So Satan's like, I'm going to mess up the works. I'm going to try and get you ruffled. Um, In the last two weeks, some difficult things happened ministry-wise, particularly this past Monday. After we received a difficult message... Um, My husband had a um, doctor's appointment, an audio-visual over-the-phone appointment thing. And after we got off that appointment, um, I saw him reading a message on his phone because I'm right there so the doctor could see us both. And um, I just walked away. He didn't know I saw it. I made my morning cup of tea. Because I'm a tea drinker, not a coffee drinker. I know, heresy. So, <laughs> sacrilege. So I made my morning cup of tea and went to read my Bible because the appointment with the doctor was super early, so I hadn't had my Bible time yet. So I made my cup of tea crying, went to my bedroom where my chair is, went to read my Bible, and the dog jumps on my lap because that's what she does. She's the most spiritual dog in the world. So <laughs> She has her devotions every day. I pulled out my chronological reading guide and my scheduled reading for the day was in the book of Haggai. Minor prophet. Lord, really? (laughs) I thought, Lord, help me. My heart was breaking. And I started reading. 
And I got to Haggai chapter 2, verse 4. Let me set the stage just a tiny bit so you understand what the point of the names are. So, um, and forgive me if I mess it up, but this is what I remember that the background is. So, um, they are, the, the children of Israel have been in captivity. They have gone back to Israel after their 70 years in captivity, and they are re- rebuilding the temple. They start this foundation of the temple, and then they're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to finish it. They start working on their houses. Uh, we can take care of our stuff. God's temple, God's house is later. Haggai chapter 2, verse 4. God is talking through Haggai, and he says, Yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, that's the priest, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. I lost it. Because even in the little book of Haggai, am I a prophet? God said, be strong and work, because I am with you. He answered that quick prayer. Lord, help me. I need you. In a little tiny, obscure book in the Bible. So ladies... Instead of seeing yourself like I saw myself as Rosie the Riveter, I've learned this quote. They're going to put it up there. Strong? No, my friend, I am far from it. What you see is simply a weak person with a very strong God. We aren't going to make it in this stress-filled world without being with him. So ladies, what are you spending your time on? Who are you spending your time with? Stress comes from trying to do do it all on our own. Peace comes from putting it all in his hands. Let's learn to be with him so that we can be strong in him, not in ourselves. If you want this, I have it on my phone. I can text it to you. <laughs> so you can reshare it on social media. Um, this actually came from EFW, Encouragement from Women, that I told you about last night. So um, you can search it on there, or I can text it to you because I saved it. So let's learn to be with him so that we can be strong in him, not ourselves. Do we have a giveaway? Okay.